Hello, this is Steve Mahella, and welcome to Mahella of a Chat. Today, my conversation is with Donna Stoll. Donna's a consultant at ERA Teachers Real Estate, and she's a retail consultant. She's been in the profession over 36 years, and the relationship she's developed with her clients, well, they consider each other friends and family, and she considers herself the real estate agent for life. And now my conversation with Donna. What got you into the real estate business? Um, I was working for the government, and one of my friends said, you'd make a fantastic real estate agent. And I said, why do you think that? They said, because you really like people, and, and you listen to people. I said, okay, I'll give it a chance. And I worked part-time as a real estate agent and was so happy with my results and dealing with people that I left the government after 13 years. So how long had you been doing it part-time when you left the government? About a year and a half. And what about liking people and listening to people helps make a good real estate agent? Basically, if you don't listen to what a client or a customer needs, then you're not going to have a good communication. And I listen to what they want and I give them what they want if it's going to work out. I can't have someone tell me they want a million-dollar house and only pay 50000 for it. So basically, I give them the facts. I tell them what I'm going to do for them, and we have a good relationship, and I can tell within three minutes if, it's going to, if our relationship is going to work and that I can work with the customer or client or if he can or she can work with me. Without betraying confidences, what are some of the things that a potential client will say that tells you this is not going to work? If they want a certain area with a certain price, that's physically and mentally and is impossible to get them. And I just tell them up front. And I can't sugarcoat it. I can't. I just show them the facts. Before I, 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 I give them my opinion, I give them the facts give and let them go through it. And then I voice my opinion saying, this is what the lowest price property is in this county. I don't think this is going to work right now for you. You might either have to hold off and buy in a year or two or rethink where you want to live. Okay. So that's all factually based. And you've been talking about the fact that I want to listen to them. I want to get exactly what they want. I want to tell them what's in their solution space. And then off we go. What are some examples where you may have said, I can't work with this person because of temperament or personality? That has never been the case, ever. So it's normally been they just their expectations are mismatched with I, what I, the market I can work with by. somebody that's got high expectations. I can work with somebody who's laid back. I just work with their personality. If I have to sell a property and close in three days and somebody's flying here from California, I'll do it. And I, I work with buyers. Um, I work with sellers. I work with an incredible team. Mortgage team is incredible. The, the <clears throat> title company is fantastic. And I call them and say, this is my situation. 
this is a, it's a reload coming in and they have to buy and they have to close in three days. Is there any way you can help me out? And if not, I just need to know right now to find somebody that can help me. Now, three days is stretching it. Six days is the norm on a relocation. That needs to be working within a week. Three days I've done, six days um, is, is easier to deal with. And basically, the issue is getting the appraiser out there and the title worked on. And that's it. And, and in those situations, they cannot have a home inspection. They can't, but they can, and they also cannot waive their condo or their HOA documents. So there's a little bit of, of, um, of, of uh, hoops that I would have to go through. You said you represent buyers, you represent sellers. Yes. As a buyer, what are the things I have to pay attention to when I enlist your services? We hear the whole, well, actually, both real estate agents actually work for the seller, even if you were taking people around to look at houses. Is that true anymore? How has that changed? Um, in 1983, we stopped dual agency, which the the buying agent really worked for the seller. Now we've got paperwork stating that we work for who we work for. And as a buyer's agent, I work for the buyer and have it documented. I therefore can tell the listing agent, well, my clients don't like this, they don't like that. They don't want this and they don't want that. Whereas if you are a dual agent, you can't say anything negative about the house that you're selling. Mm -hmm. And you work 100% for the buyer and on their behalf. You write the offer on their behalf. You have them sign it on their behalf. And you send it to the selling agent. Period. We have nothing to do with or we do not discuss anything with the seller now. It's interesting that that change occurred so long ago. Yes. Considering, but not a surprise because I still have conversations with my clients that because they've heard it from their parents, they think that the sale of a home and its capital gains is still subject to the rollover replacement rule as opposed to no, that law changed a while ago and you don't have to replace your current home with a home at equal or higher value to defer your capital gains. I remember those days. <laughs> and so the fact that I still run into people who think that is why I asked about the buyer versus seller, because I bet there are still people out there who are thinking my buyer's agent still actually works for the seller, and I have sure. to be careful. Okay. Now, you talked about your team. You talked about the title people, and you talked about the mortgage people. Let's talk about the title people. Um, what do you have title people you work with, but the buyer slash seller don't have to work with them? Or um, what's the story? Actually, I give the names of three different title companies to my clients and let them make their decision on who they're going to work with. Okay. And I normally have a, a good rapport with people I work with or else, excuse me, people that I refer to just like the lender. I give three names out. They pick who they want to work with. Or if they've got their own attorney or their own lender, then that's fantastic. Vivaldi has a nice little suite called the Four Seasons. Mm -hmm. So let's go through the seasons and let's go through them in the order of the Carol King song. 
winter, spring, summer, fall. Great. So what are the pitfalls and advantages for selling or buying a house in the winter months? For a seller to put their home on the market, they're either relocating or they're just moving away because they want to get out of the area because of the bad weather. Um, Or for financial ramifications. So therefore, a buyer who's going to buy in December has more chance of working around his needs than he would in February or March, i.e. closing costs, a settlement date whenever he wants, and a more lackadaisical home inspection requirement list. So now let's go to spring. What are the advantages for the buyer? What are the advantages for the seller if they list their house in the spring? Here in Northern Virginia, if you're going to be putting your house on the market in the spring, there's a more chance for you to have, the seller to have multiple offers. Therefore, the house needs to be in perfect condition. The buyer needs to make sure that he can qualify for over what the house would appraise for and have cash to put down. And expect no closing costs and no work to be done by the sellers on the home inspection. Because at that point in time, it'll definitely be a seller's market. And is that the biggest flip through the calendar from a buyer's market in the winter to a seller's market in the spring? Yes. Okay. And then, um, so let's go summer. Summer, early summer, uh, a, a buyer would be able to still get a property. The seller would would have it have their home on the market maybe two weeks to 30 days longer than the spring. Um, and basically, it's a good time to buy. Usually the rates um, have been steadied out um, from the spring. Uh, usually the chances of the rates going up that time of year is going to be lower than the first quarter. So that would help a buyer get in and qualify would help a buyer get in and and maybe negotiate more than he would in February and also get any items done that that are not walked through or that are not that important that the particular sellers would work with them on. Okay, and so then that brings us to the fall. The fall market. Well, um, August is slow. September is slow. October, we're getting into the holidays. November is holidays, and December is beautiful decorations, go on a property, holiday time, and uh, it's still going to be a slower market in December. So who's, who's advantage in, in, in the fall? Is it the fall buyers? Fall buyer's advantage. Winter buyer's advantage. So, Spring, summer, seller's advantage. Got it. When you're putting, um, is, uh, how long is your normal listing? Uh, 30 days. Really? Yes. Average 30 days. Well, is that from listing to sale or yes. your contract? Listing Do you get, to sale. Is it still, it's still 90 days that you, that a real estate agent signs a contract with a seller that says, I'll list this property for 90 days? It depends on the situation. Okay. What's the situation? 30, 90 days. But when 90 you, days, but it depends on, it depends on. If I think a property is going to sell right away, I ask for 90 days. If I think it's going to have an issue and there's 
parts of the house that have not been upgraded and they can't be upgraded due to financial ramifications, I might ask for a year. Oh, okay. I mean, I had heard, you know, land is a six months or better to open because land is land. Right. Um, all right. So you talked about things that, um, things that couldn't be, um, things that couldn't be upgraded because of financial reasons or whatever. Going into a nursing home, they need the money for that, or moving out of state and they're downsizing, so they either have to get have a quick sale, not a quick sale as in a bank quick sale, but a faster sale and sell it as is, or they're going to have to be real patient and wait for someone to come in and sell it and buy it from them. What are the things that you look at in a house you're listing that you say to yourself, this is going to take a while. This is something that every time you've had the experience with it, the house stayed on the market longer because of this issue. A marital issue and children coming in, getting their things that they've left for 20 years. And it's basically a lot of things and stuff in the house that people can't part with. So for the purposes of staging it to show it? To show it, it does, it's, it's going to not show well. That's probably my a worst situation I've ever had in my, my 30 years career. Hmm. And I just should have said, either take care of it now or I can't help you. But I, because I knew the person for a long time, I just let it go. What about the physical condition of the property? Is there anything that is not a big deal? And are there things that are a big deal? Well, I am not a home inspector. I'm not an engineer. So, um, and if there were any questions, I would ask the sellers to go ahead and hire an independent home inspector to go through the property and see if there's any issues. I'm talking more cosmetic. More cosmetic. Cosmetic could be a nail on the wall that needs to be replaced and, and patched up and painted over, um, caulking around the bathtub, um, carpet replacement. And are these things that will sour a buyer on the house the moment they walk in? Absolutely, because a buyer is going to walk in and, and see what we see as an agent and it's going to, you know, it's basically going to turn them off. If carpet needs to be changed, the red paint needs to be changed out to something more neutral. That would definitely turn off somebody who's not interested in putting money in the house. If they want to turn key property, if somebody sees the, 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 the paint and the carpet needs to be replaced, and they've been dying for some a, a particular wood that they've been wanting to, to have in their house or some fabulous paint, they might jump on it. And they're handy. How often does a buyer look past the cosmetic and see the good bones of the house? Probably about 50%. Oh, that high. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I go walking through our neighborhood. Every okay. Saturday and Sunday. So we see the for sale signs. Well, actually, now it seems that we see the coming soon signs. Right. And then we see the for sale signs. And then we see the under contract signs. And then we see the sold signs. 
And there is one home that is on its fourth real estate agent. And when you look, as you walk past, you can see that when they spray painted the rooms, you can see the overspray on the insides of the windows that they have not cleaned up yet. And to me, not only do you need the 50% of the people who can see past the cosmetic to the bones, you also need that property priced right so that if an investor is looking at that and saying, I can flip this, they, they can walk in and say, I know how much this is going to cost. This is going to cost, there's nothing structurally wrong with the house. This is going to cost 15 grand. So if I can buy this house for 45 under market, I can put 30 grand in my pocket, you know, whoop-de-doo, simplifying it. We think this was a, we think this was a foreclosure initially, and then without seeing, so sight unseen, what is your diagnosis of what's wrong with this house? First of all, if it's a foreclosure, the bank would hand the listing over to one of their agents. So maybe it was a short sale going into foreclosure. Um, When I mentioned 50% of the people would be excited about it, property that needed work, is we have so many investors in Northern Virginia that they want to see something wrong with the property, okay? Um, Minor paint that needs to be removed is easy. Maybe there is a flash on the floor, the paint got on carpet. If they spray painted, they weren't very careful. Um, But sure, somebody would go in there at a certain rate and clean up the house. A certain rate off the the young price of the house. Percentage rate. So given that it is literally over the past 18 months on its fourth real estate agent, do we think it's priced so incorrectly that even investors are looking at it and saying, no, it's too high. Investors, first question is this, how long has it been on the market? Mm -hmm. Run the history on it. Okay, and then of course a good agent would call every single one of these listing agents and find out what the scoop was. So hazard a guess for me, what do you think the issue is? Price. Every real estate agent I've ever talked to says any property priced correctly will sell. Absolutely. Um, How cyclical is your business in terms of, okay, does it matter to you whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market? How, as a real estate agent in Northern Virginia, you know, are there good times of the year and bad times of the year? Funny you're asking that question. Right now, I am slowing down on my marketing in case one of my clients or referrals want me to put their house on the market. Because right now is holiday season time. And my feelings are if a, one of my friends or referral partners gave me a referral, I would tell them, if you don't have to move, if you don't have to sell until spring, please wait till spring. Because right now, I'm afraid that the market is going to absolutely not help you getting your house sold at the highest amount of money that you want. 
Well, let's continue the, the, the discussion of price with your um, potential clients who want you to be their seller's agent. Okay. What's when you come back to them with the comparables and you know the location and everything else and say this is what I believe you should list the house for? What's the biggest pushback you get? Oh, I think my house is worth twenty thousand more because we put twenty thousand dollars into the house. That's the pushback I get. Mm-hmm. And how do you educate them? I show them the comps. I give them the details on the remarks of what the homes have sold for. Many chances out of many, there's many, many, many chances I would have already been in the house or know the neighborhood very well. And I would show them that the upgrades would have to be in the kitchen and the baths. If you're going to put a new lighting, an appraiser's not going to look at that as much. If you're going to redo the basement, the appraisers are not going to look at that mu- look at it that much. As, a, as an incentive or a positive because it's underground. So if, if what I suggest, if you're going to upgrade your property, you would do the baths, do the kitchen, paint and carpet or wood. Um, so that's my feelings. And so if they put $20,000 into upgrading the bath, how do you explain to them that just made it more saleable. It didn't make it worth more. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Oh, okay. And I, and I tell people, put in average appliances. Put in average, not low grade, not the highest grade because you're not going to get it back. Put in what looks good, good value, good quality, anything in the property, in their home, mm-hmm. for resale. Clean works, modern works on certain houses, certain areas, contemporary works in certain other areas. Do you enlist the services of a stager? Absolutely not. So you stage the homes yourself? Yes, I do. Do you use what they have or do you bring in something else? I use what they have. Mm-hmm. And so what's the biggest thing you're looking to do as you stage their home? Make sure there's no clutter. Defined as? I put as little out as possible. Make sure every wall can be noticed. The floors can be noticed. The gorgeous fixtures can be noticed. But as far as putting excess furniture away, packing up things that are basically uh, keepsakes, that would basically be a suggestion for me to ask my client, my new client to either hire a mover who does help me stage by packing them up, moving furniture around. I've got a few movers that will help me do that and just make it easier. Stagers can be 2000 to $40,000 and they bring in furniture and the people that move in could mar up the walls. There, there can be issues with color schemes. Um, I just think it's a lot easier. Now, if I had a $10 million listing in Great Falls or in Oakton, no problem getting a stager out there to, to give me advice or to help me out. Mm-hmm. 
Well, after 30 years in the profession, you probably have some stories. Yes, I do. So let's start with your biggest horror story. Um, I had, I used to have a lot of divorce cases that were referred to me by multiple divorce attorneys and uh, yelling and screaming in closing just doesn't work for me. And that's about it. Yelling and screaming and people not getting along and fighting. That's the only negative I can say about my whole career. Mm. Having to have a delayed closing and, ex- and explaining to the seller's agent or the buyer's agent what the issues are that are an act of God or there's just a, some kind of problem with title or whatever is to be expected. But I can't tolerate the yelling and screaming and not getting along. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes an ex-spouse comes in from nowhere and tries to bust up a closing because they don't like their ex buying with their new wife or new husband. So things like that have happened. Hmm. Completely out of my control. Okay. Tell me the most positive story. My clients are very happy when they move and it makes me happy for them. I have so many past clients I've dealt with in the last 30 years that are still in their home. And that makes me happy for them. And I've never called them and asked if they wanted to sell their house. I leave them alone. Send them a magnet every year? Uh, I I send them um, my my evidence of success. I I show them my... Uh, letters on, on how to clean your property up and, and, and so you tell them about your your successes you you stay in contact that way uh, evidence of success and then we do uh, <coughs> um, I do client parties and then the office does um, a lunch every year where'd you hold your last client party my house, always. Mm. And it's going to be, it's always um, our Apple Fest, which is really not an Apple Fest. We just call it that because we keep pushing it later and later and later in the, in the year. Um, it's October 27th. We take our, we invite our whole database, we invite our whole database to, to a restaurant. And then after that, I always have um, something at my house refreshments at my house afterwards and then for people to mingle and, and to talk to each other what kind of helpful tips um this this month is um is is talking about retirement um last month was how to declutter your home um one i think in april was on safety good tips besides apple fest or do you have any other parties holiday party and apple fest tell me about the holiday party holiday party um I do the major meets, uh, provide some refreshment, and people bring whatever they want for a side dish if they want to or not. But we always have plenty of food. And then a gag gift under $12. An embarrassing gag gift. And how do you distribute the gag gifts? Um, we just pick a number out of a, out of a hat, and then whoever goes first, and then, and then you get one chance to steal. I don't remember what that's called. 
I think it's a white elephant. When you're... To wrap up, it's been a great conversation. Thank you. If there was one piece of advice you would give it to anyone who is about to sell their house, what would it be? Understand the procedure of selling your house carefully. And I give the pros and the cons. I tell them what can go bad. I can go, I tell them how smooth it can go. And then tell them what the issues can be. Understand the process. And demand that your agent explain it all. Yes. Well, thank you. This has been terrific. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to sending you another episode of Mahel of a Chat. Chat. It's a hell